0: Hey kids, it's time for Pizza and Pop Culture with our Ropes Gallery of Talent. Coming at you on location from Eastside
1: Pizza in Wallingford, Connecticut. Now serving up geek pizza with extra cheese. Ladies and gentlemen, live from your computer, this is episode four of Pizza and Pop Culture. Hey, welcome everybody. Uh, you can find us on, if you're looking for us, of course, on Twitter and on Facebook, Pizza Pop Culture. Our website is... PizzaPopCulture.com, and I want to let everybody know that if you visit PizzaPopCulture.com, right in the upper right-hand corner of the website is a little orange, yellowish kind of a button. Support the show. Click on that. Really helps us a lot. Lets us know who's watching. Follow us. Subscribe to us on the podcast platform of your choice, and uh, that would be great.
2: You did that very well.
1: Oh, thank you, Keith Larson. That's Keith <laughs> Larson. We got Pete Bradley, and we got Mr. Hello. Edson Gomes for the first guys. time. Hey, Edson. Yes. How you doing, man? Good, good. Glad to see you all. Yeah,
2: I'm glad we got Edson. This is going to be fun.
1: We're, uh, doing it, we're doing it virtually on as a Zoom meeting right now, uh, and so we can see each other um, virtually over top of our computers. But normally, we like to hang out at this cool little swanky place in Wallingford, Connecticut called Eastside Pizza great food i love the pizza sauce there i will never not say that during a podcast absolutely love it george and angelo alexopolis thank you guys what are we talking about today guys
2: um well um we're we're doing this on zoom uh today is what may the 11th um because um we're we're forced to Um, because of this ongoing COVID-19 thing. Um, So um, part of that is that uh, businesses are going to start to reopen in about a week. And the comic book industry is going to be one of them. Actually, DC's already been back out there. Um, So there's been a lot of weird developments. Uh, At first, of course, the uh, hysteria broke that this is going to be the death of comics. And it's going to be the end of comic book shops. And and in some cases, that will be true. And I think in a lot of cases, titles will be cut from all the publishers, and they're going to scale down. Um, But once people took a step back, took a breath, and reassessed, we're actually getting a kind of a reinvented comic book industry, I think. Um, But it looks pretty strong, stronger than I think a lot of people would give it credit for. Wouldn't you say, Edson?
3: Yeah, uh, it's been actually amazing how as soon as um – they couldn't make it out to the comic shops. Uh, everybody coming coming out of nowhere or everywhere in social media. You know, where are we going to get our comic books from? Uh, when Diamond, uh, I believe it was a, about a month ago, when Diamond distrib- Distributors uh, said they were going to shut down uh, operations. Um, you know, that's when it set everybody in an uproar. Where are we going to get our comics? And it's, uh, you, you could tell um, the the audience out there is, is strong, and, and this is just, especially now that they're stuck at home, it's like, uh, it's part of, the, part of their entertainment.
2: Yeah, I think just for people who don't, who don't know anything about comics, Diamond Distributors is the sole distributor for every single comic book publisher there is. Um, they're the only game in town, and a lot of that thinking is because they're the only ones that want to be. But again, that was just proven wrong recently. Um, they've, DC found a way around that.
3: Yeah, and um, I, that that actually bothered me for quite a while why the comic book industry would just go through one <laughs> distributor like a monopoly. But that's the basic definition, monopoly. And if, you know, even outside this COVID-19 uh, crisis, um, you know, what what if there was mismanagement and, you know, they went bankrupt? What, what were you going to do then? I mean, I, I never really understood why they would just be through one <laughs> distributor. Uh, and it, it looks like because of this, particular event, I guess, should, should I say um, now DC first DC. And I'm trying to think it was then was, Marvel also jump on with the other distributors. I'm not sure, but definitely DC um, now has branched out. They're, they're not, they're not doing away with diamond. They're still going through them, but now they've branched out to two other distributors, basically the, the two biggest, I think online um, comics, uh, comic shops and had just, morphed into their own distributing
2: yeah uh, one is Midtown Comics and um, uh, I can't think of the name right now because we're we're Uh, D-
3: yeah DCBS discount uh, comic book store
2: yep. right right um, so they formed a distribution company which you know you go back to early March mid-March nobody knew that there was a way around Diamond and then like when Diamond <laughs> came out and said they were broke and they couldn't even pay the publishers what they owed them. It was, uh, it looked pretty, pretty bleak, but quickly, um, these mega stores put their brains together and, and came up with a solution. And then it lit a fire under diamond apparently because they came roaring back. So, now,
1: <laughs> you now know. can I ask a question you guys, you're, this is not um, comic books have not ever been something that were in my world. Just give me a little education here. So somebody creates the content and then somebody else distributes it. Tell me with the how, in just a few words, what's the picture look like, Edson?
3: So yeah, you have the um, the the producers, the uh, you know, the, say Marvel, DC. Um, they have their uh, writers, their artists. They, they create the stories and the the images um, and the they sent the they send it to that Di- well like, as we said diamond um prints prints them all out and distributed some yeah so they're not printed at at the comic book uh, publishers they're printed at Diamond yeah and then distributes them out to all the um stores
1: the direct market right wow that is like a monopoly almost right what yeah. about all the littler littler houses
2: uh they they do the same thing what you have to do to qualify for distribution through diamond is you have to have a subscription rate of a thousand people. Oh, I see. So um, once you hit a thousand, this is what happened to our friends at the Charlton arrow when they tried to bring the Charlton comics back a few years ago, they finally got distribution because they had those numbers by partnering with AC comics. But up until then, if you wanted to get your comics in shops, you would have to do it by hand. You'd have to print them yourself and walk them into a store (laughs) <laughs> and ask them to sell it for you. Really? Yeah, yeah. If you wanted distribution by from Diamond, you had to get a thousand. So, um, so that's how it works. But they were the sole; they had the only game in town. And then they hit this financial crisis, and it looked like that was going to be the end of print comics. And then you know the, the thing early on was like, will they just go digital? Will just be digital comics? Well, I don't think that's very popular, as popular as they thought, because. Just the other day here, Marvel shut down their digital comics uh, May 8th. And it was two days after they said that, uh, what'd they say on May 6th, they said? They said it's they the, were going exclusive ex- stuff,
3: right? Yep. A lot of their <laughs> titles were going exclusive, yes. Yep. Why did they shut it down?
2: Uh, it's unclear. Um, a lot of people are speculating. I, they're shutting down this Mar- their digital store where you could buy digital comics on the Marvel app. They're just mm-hmm. gonna let third parties handle it now. They're still gonna produce digital comics, but they're not putting all their eggs into that basket, it looks like. And I'm guessing because the numbers are just not there. I don't think or want that.
1: Or dare I say, maybe it's because they're trying, people are trying to spread the wealth a little bit. Is it possible that they're trying to, you know, like with the distribution, trying to encourage other places to distri- distribute stuff, make a little money?
2: I think early on, it looked like, and Pete could answer this, uh, it looked like this was their excuse to get rid of print comics, which they've been trying to do for years. I mean... Yeah,
0: the print comics are not doing well. They're... they're, they're it's, 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 it's slowly dying, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, I, but the, the scuttlebutt is that Disney wants to close up print, print comics and just lease, lease the characters on somebody else, like IDW or, or Dark Horse or, or somebody just leaves them off this way. They, there can be a, 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 steady revenue stream, but them suddenly closing up their store themselves, their store themselves. So that, that just smells to me of Disney trying to cut a, a few corners. So this way you can make the digital comics as part of the, that's just, that's just part of the business, but let, let comiXology handle it.
2: You're right. I just, um, it's funny cause I was, I've been reading this great comic um, from uh, image comics an independent publisher. At Edson gave me for my birthday called Delvet. It's a great series. I rec- highly recommend it. And I usually never read the letters in the back. But for some reason, just the other day, I was skimming the letters. And I'd like to just read a snippet of a letter from a guy who wrote, uh, wrote in for the first time in his life. And he said he grew up reading Spider-Man in the newspaper and blah, blah, blah. And he decided to get into comics by reading the new 52 from DC Digit. And he said, the stories were okay and blah, blah, blah. And then he saw an ad for this comic here, Velvet. And he went and bought it at the store. And um, he said, I never owned a physical comic, but when I went into my local shop, picked up Velvet Number 1 and held it in my hands, I understood. It's an art. It's not just about speech bubbles and story. It's about bringing characters and environments to life on the page. It was amazing. It was something I never really understood before. Previously, the panels were just pictures on a screen showing the action that the dialogue couldn't convey. But once I saw Velvet on the printed page, I realized that I'd been missing the bulk of what a comic is. Needless to say, I'm a huge fan of Velvet, and it's opened a whole new world to me. One that includes weekly trips to my local comic shop, my own weekly pull list, bags and boards, and a new appreciation for an art form that I didn't really understand before. I can't thank you guys enough. And the author, Ed Brubaker, writes back, I've been reading comics all my life, and while I read some on my laptop or iPad once in a while, I think print will always be the best medium for comics. There's just something more comforting to me about the feel of paper in your hands and being able to take in the spread of pages all at once. Glad you've made your local comic shop a regular part of your life. I think that sums up why digital comics are not the
1: be-all, end-all. It's like saying – it's like telling uh, Da Vinci, you know, we're going to uh, – we'd like you to paint the Mona Lisa, uh, and we're only going to show it, though, as a picture. We're going to – you have to use a tablet. Yeah, or, or you painted it, but we're only going to put it up in a museum someplace, uh, you know, a picture of it. We don't want to put the – we don't care about the real image anymore. Right. I mean, comics, it's, it's, it's um, as much about the story as it, uh, the illustration drives it, pen and paper. It's got to be on paper
3: somewhere. Right. I agree. And I agree with all those points. I mean, I've never been a fan of digital comics. I always like holding it in my hands, just that he said, going back and forth, you can't do that digitally. And it's been quite a lesson to me. I, I honestly didn't know myself how popular digital, how popular or unpopular digital comics. Were. I didn't know the, the scale of it. I know publishers were pushing it because it's you know obviously cheaper, but because of this crisis, uh, people started talking about, well, now that Diamond's not gonna distribute anymore, well, let's try selling them digitally. I mean, it's another medium. And started. it started with the ind- independents mostly, I believe it was Dark Horse, IDW, came right out and said, we are not selling the digital versions of it if it's not the physical. It was It was incredible, but I loved hearing this. It's like, they, they, they know the physical book is so much better and they're not gonna exclusively just sell digital. Uh, or, Without, without the physical medium, and it's, it was incredible.
2: That's a good point, and actually Marvel followed by saying, we will not release anything digitally, yep. not in print either. So they yep, they followed it. Everybody started to you know walk it back.
3: Yep, exactly. I, it, I think some of the, the things that people might not realize is just how much other industries have relied on comic books. I mean, the film industry, how many movies – and most mostly in the last 20 or 30 years are based on the characters and stories of comic books all, all these streaming services um, now making all these series all based on comic books toy industry video game industry these all get their idea a lot of their businesses get their ideas from comic books but
1: the
2: sad so, part is that the, the the big two don't put that kind of value into it as Pete said, they're looking to lease them off. I think AT&T is going to sell off DC as well. It's only a matter of time.
1: What do you guys think? What, we've talked about what the problem is. What can be done, do you think, by us as consumers? What can we do to help get the message back that you know some of us, maybe lots of us, really like comic books? Uh, my first
2: thought when you ask that question and I'm sure Edson will be right up my back on this one is that we grew up, I've known Edson almost 40 years and we've always read comics. We've taken breaks from them, but we always end up back there. When we started, they were about 60 cents each, maybe 75 cents. (laughs) uh, And they were on newsprint and you have a company called alterna comics out of New Hampshire that does exactly that. And their books are a dollar or a dollar 50 and they self-distribute. If the comic book industry would stop printing on high gloss paper and charging you five bucks a pop for 20 pages of entertainment and scale it back, I would have no problem buying Batman on newsprint for a dollar or a dollar 50. I would much rather buy five issues of Batman on newsprint than one on glossy paper with a variant cover with a hologram on it.
3: That's a great point. I mean, they should definitely go back. I mean, make it more affordable. I mean, you have kids that, these days that really can't afford to buy the, you know, what is it? Four or $5, or even higher, some $10 comics. Uh, you got to make sure it gets out to everybody. Um, kids love they, A lot of kids that I, Well, when I was a kid, uh, learned to read on comic books. Uh, you, you have to get them out to everybody. Mm-hmm. Make them affordable.
2: People what used about- to ask me, where did you get that vocabulary? I'm like, Marvel Comics.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What about new content, Pete? I mean, what do you – and you guys, what do you think about – I mean, how much new content is there in the world of comic books? Well, it's infinite because you have such a wide
2: palette. and We're not just talking about superheroes. Ed's exactly. I think fans of the independent comics because they're not superhero comics.
1: Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. There is so much out there, but we've, even in this podcast, even in this discussion, we've stuck to Marvel and DC. We think about the movies. We think about all the merchandising. But the point is that there's comics. When we talk about comics, we're not just talking about superheroes. We're talking about what? What is the genre? What is the, what is the menu
3: of all this stuff? Every genre. It's every genre you can think of. Anything that you can pick up a novel a novel. Uh, you can make in a comic book. It's, it's horror, it's thriller, it's the, the one that Keith was just talking about had nothing to do with superheroes. It's an espionage. You the think espionage Jason Bourne, female version of Jason Bourne. Right. Uh, that's basically, I mean, so it's, as he said, it's, as Keith said, it's limitless. You can put any story that you would in any other medium on comic book.
1: I'd like to hear from our our listeners and our listeners' listeners and their friends and their family, and I'd like them to write in and tell us what comics they're they're reading, what they what they like. Because to me, I mean, I love graphic novels. Um, those are co- that's basically a glorified comics. It's not maybe it's not necessarily on newsprint, um, and it's not a, a licensed comic per se, but it's a story to- told with pictures there's lots of that stuff out there and that's that's something that and you hold it in your hand you know I, I don't know I just think that should never go away and I'd like to know what people are looking at and listening and watching rather
2: well I think a great segment for down the road would be um, movies that have come out based on comics that you don't know were based on <laughs> comics because they're not superhero movies well, yeah you good would point. be surprised yes. at how many. And these are people I guarantee they go, oh, comics are for kids and but they love the movie. Right. They would never know that that was a comic book.
3: And TV shows as well. Yep. yep. Right. I get this at work all the time. They, I'm kind of like the resident expert on comic book. No, no one there that I know collects the comic. But yet they're constantly talking about the movies. And I would hear the conversations and, and have to kind of subtly correct them about the origins and some kind of nuance. And they always come to me when it comes to, oh, what really happened here in the in the books? They may not collect the comic books, but they're relying on the medium that comes out of it.
2: So you're telling me Jack Nicholson didn't kill Batman's parents? (laughs) To uh, get
3: the ball rolling,
2: Keith,
0: of what you mentioned, like Road to Perdition, the one where Tom Hanks plays a hitman, that was a comic book movie.
2: That's exactly what I – Great point. Or or V for for Vendetta.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, V for Vendetta or uh, – Watchmen. Hell was another one for Watchmen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, things that you don't always know that, hey, that started off as a comic – and just just because it's, it's a comic doesn't mean it's for kids. I, I remember t- uh, going to see Watchmen, and and, 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 and some, some, some mom had uh, brought the entire neighborhood worth of kids, and that was entertaining. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but you, you're absolutely right. That whole comment about comics, not for kids, it's like cartoons are not. Everyone's saying, oh, it's a cartoon. That's for kids. You're so right about that comics are can be so sophisticated. It, it's even just the superhero comics can be sophisticated.
2: We're not yeah. saying that you have to read comics that aren't superheroes. I, mean, I think it started back in the 70s when Green Goblin threw Gwen Stacy off the bridge and Peter Parker, you know, Spider-Man tried to save his girlfriend and he broke her neck trying to save her and killed her. Um, it, there's stuff that heavy duty in comic books, even superhero comic books. We've had the green arrow green lantern crossover in the seventies where green arrows ward was a junkie, you know, (laughs) and they had to address that. And they've always carried adult themes. If you, if you look hard enough, I mean, some of them are goofy, no doubt. Yeah. Um,
1: but i've tony stark I've, is
0: a functioning alcoholic there you go yes
1: That's, exactly you know
0: he's, i've read he, he, um, he's, he's all personable and when and wacky in the in the movies because they had to tone it down for the general audience but you read those comics and he's he's the the, the actual storyline was entitled demon in a bottle
2: yeah like, i talked to bob layton about that a lot and uh the only bone they threw bob on that was letting tony get a little out of control at his party because he thought he was dying in the second movie. you know they want demon in a bottle would have been a
1: incredible iron man movie but they weren't going to go there
3: great storyline though
1: if if you were uh, i'm curious to know what you guys are reading and why i am um, i again I, i'm the most pedantic here i've i've read some batman and i've read some superman i'm a huge batman fan and i actually um i actually know someone whose father was uh, one of the uh, you know illustrators for you know jim aparo's yeah
2: right jim aparo
1: um for a while but you know that's pretty mainstream. What do you list? What do you what do you like
3: to read, Edson? Um, a lot of definitely a lot of Batman. The Batman's always been my favorite. The, somebody who can um, just go about the superhero business without quote unquote superpowers, you, the, my, using his mind uh, um, is that always money. Uh, <laughs> great point and money. <laughs> yeah. um, let's not forget about that money. Let's not forget. What's your superpower again? I'm, I'm rich. a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm rich. Right. And I
3: love the. Um, I mean, we talked about. Uh, you know, Pete, you made a good point about the Marvel and DC trying to get rid of them and, and going more to digital. But all these, I've really gotten more enamored with the independents more more and more. Other than uh, outside the superheroes, um, you know, a lot of image uh, titles are great. Uh, and I totally recommend Postal mm-hmm. Nailbiter. Keith's going to know about these. They're so awesome. <laughs> um, and there's a book called Lazarus that I like. Um, you, you mentioned The Velvet. or All, all of Brubaker's um, Fade out. titles are great.
2: Yep. Fatal. It got to a point where and I can completely agree with Edson. These uh, image comics are so good that I always put Spider-Man and Batman at the top of my read list. And it got to the point where... <laughs> Postal and Nailbiter and, and these kind of books were landing on top to read when they came in first. So um, they are really that good creepy serial killer stuff. And it's just awesome.
0: I go the other way. I I, I, I don't necessarily read uh, comics that have been turned into properties. A lot of the stuff that I read are properties that have been turned into comics. Like I'm yeah. big fan of the earlier run of the Transformers from IDW and, and Aliens from from Dark Horse and Godzilla from from IDW. So, it's, it, so everything that I've been reading goes the other way. But, uh, but if, if, if I'm going to be drawn to anything, it's probably going to be more horror comics just because I like the blood and the guts and the veins and the teeth. And, the,
2: oh. <laughs> and now that there's no comics code, they can do all of that. That's right. That's right. You know, I got to say, IDW, Dynamite, and Dark Horse do a great job with those acquired properties. Um, I've read the James Bond books from Dynamite. They were, well, Dynamite. So um, yeah, I, I I enjoy those too, and those Transformers I, books are actually really good.
0: Yeah, it, it, the 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 comics allow uh, a property to to do more than they could possibly ever do in in, in a movie or a TV show. Because I mean, you want to animate an endless army of of aliens, well, that's that's going to cost you a lot of money. But you you get a flat fee per page you can draw you know, your, your character facing off an army of monsters. And it, it it actually, I think enhances and enriches some of the, these, uh, these intellectual properties.
2: I had some fun crossovers too. Like they had the transformers meet the crew from star Trek and they drew the star oh yeah. Trek, like the 1973 cartoon. Those That's are right. fun. on GI Joe meets transformers or ROM meets the transformers.
1: Transformers meets uh, Mars attacks is a good one. That was a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ak, 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 ak. Um, Remember when you when you remember when your voice machine had that as a message, Pete? Ack ack ack. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I had my, my voicemail. It would it would, it would it would click over and I just <laughs> beep. <laughs> I have a serious question though, guys. And uh, I don't want anyone to just judge me or anything like that. I just need to know, it's simple, yes or no. Is that hentai considered comics? Can I get that in a book form?
2: Yeah, you can. Um, yeah. There's a store That's in a New <laughs> York that Edson and I love called Kino Cunha.
1: It's all Kino Kino, yeah, yes, yeah. You find it in there. Well, you guys know a lot about this. What is this called now? <laughs> Let me write this down. Spell that. Uh, least, oh, never could, mind. Never mind. No, 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 no. I don't want to. Know. I'm just kidding. They moved there uh, down PG. at, uh, are they at Bryant PG. Park now.
2: Where are they? Bryant Park, Pete? Is that where they are now? I genuinely don't know. Last time I was there, there, they were yeah, they were I'm at the Rockefeller Rock Rock Center. They moved over. I think it's Bryant Park. They're right off, huh. right off there now. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm telling you, it's uh, Alan. If you will, okay. you'll find anything in there.
1: I won't be going there for a while, but and when I. I do, I'll, I'll check it. <laughs> 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 All right, guys, I think we're almost out of time here.
2: Let's wrap it what up. Recommendations, uh, Edson. What do you recommend? Um, what's your hot title right now?
3: Oh well, they just. Um did the sequels to both <laughs> it going back, but that's, I love them. But post that the sequel to postal is postal deliverance. Uh, and you can read into that uh, second word. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and there's, and it, this, the crazy timing of it, which I, I thought this was just horrible. Joshua Williamson came back with his, he, he did his long run on nail biter, which was a great story, um, which could do a whole podcast on just that. And now he, he had just started, with the first issue of Nailbiter Returns and when the whole, you know, <laughs> Diamond just refused <laughs> to distribute. And we, I, I still haven't gotten my first issue yet, but I was looking so forward to it.
2: I know. I'm going to have to go back and like reread the first six issues of Postal Deliverance because I won't remember what's going right, on right. by the time I get issue seven or wherever right. they're at. They're, I know it's like six or seven.
3: Yeah, six or seven, yeah.
2: Yeah. And I see Batman's going bi-monthly again after they said he wasn't. Yep. Starting in June. So good. I'm glad. I like it that way. Pete, what do you recommend?
0: Uh, Dark Horse does this interesting series of where they take original versions of screenplays or unproduced screenplays and then, and then uh, turn them into comics form. Like George Lucas's original treatment for Star Wars. In this case, it's called The Star Wars. And they did, they did the, the unproduced sequel to Alien 3. Uh, which was an amazing read and they they they're doing predator next the oh. original versions of predator and if you it, it, i'm going to take this opportunity if you happen to be on Comicsology, which is which is, is digital Comixology.com, look up bird brain the comic strip
2: who who produces that
0: ah uh, some yuts some <laughs> yuts named bradley but yeah look up look, look up bird brain the comic strip it's Wait, fun. It it's entertaining. It it's, it's, it it's sequential. Uh, it's, it's sequential uh, uh, entertainment at its finest.
2: Yeah. It harkens back to the old, uh, you know, the comic strips you read in the daily paper. That's, that was the general idea behind it. It's just as funny. Uh, me, I'm going to just think back is. on what Edson said, because I like all the same titles as he does. And I can't recommend go back four or five years and look into this 15 issue run of velvet, man. I wish he'd do another one. He kept saying he was gonna i wish he was yeah. drew baker's an amazing writer if you don't know he's responsible for the captain america winter soldier run that turned into what i think is the best marvel studios movie yet so um yeah that's my two cents and one last thing i'd like to give the comic book industry advice on before we go is stop doing all these mega crossover things where you're forced to buy like 40 issues and comics that you don't care about and if you stop doing that you probably help yourself out revenue wise too because you think it's going to generate more? No, we don't want it anymore.
3: It actually backfires go. because people people know they're not going to be able to get get them all, so they just give, give up on the whole storyline. So that's what happens with me.
2: Same. And plus, they're always a huge letdown.
3: Well, obviously, nobody cares about what I'm watching,
1: so that's no problem. We're reading. Oh, reading. Are you reading no, no. a comic? No, I'm not reading any comics. <laughs> all right. I don't I don't have any comics right now. Uh, well, that I want to talk about out loud. Uh, no, I just don't have any. <laughs> I don't have any comics. Wow, Edson, really nice having you. I can't wait till you join us again. Yeah. This has
3: been so much fun.
1: <laughs> it is. It's fun. It's a You're lot of so fun. You're so knowledgeable and you have a you have a great sound.
3: I can't wait till we actually uh, and I'm crossing my fingers uh, uh be able to get together uh you know, with some I guess some version of social distancing maybe, I don't know. Uh but at least get together in one place.
1: <laughs> yeah, cool. we'll just we'll just move our chairs a little farther apart. Yeah we'll be fine guys you are listening to pizza pop pizza and pop culture and uh we're gonna take a break and we'll be back
0: It was the three-legged dog of the comics. It was bad. These two gentlemen met in jail, and then when they got out, they started publishing. It should have been
3: mobsters instead of doing what they do in the comics. Management there was questionable at times. Some of it has to do with people who go to jail. We are sinners. We have corrupted the youth. Stuff that should never have been sold to kids. And then there was Charlton. I couldn't quite tell what they were
1: doing. Charlton was just a hodgepodge of weird titles. What is this? Who am I dealing with? John threw nickels around like they were manhole covers. C-A-T- T-A-P. They were cheap. Hell yes, they're
3: cheap. They were special, kind of special, is what they were. Critic cool. was horrible. You could smell them beginning to decay even as they were rolling off the press. At one point, they actually did have to move the comics operation into a bowling alley. It's something out of a sitcom. We want to publish comic books in the worst way, and they did.
2: It's been called the street fighting cousin of Marvel and DC. Maybe you've heard of them. Probably not. But you do know the industry legends that called it home. This is Charlton Comics. Follow
1: at charltonmovie.com. Oh, it's going to suck. And we are back. Pizza and pop culture here today with Mr. Keith Larson and Mr. Peter Bradley. Hello. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Hello. Hey, it's so important. Fans that if you are interested in uh, in leasing some advertising space with us, we sure could use the money. No, seriously, <laughs> it's a great it's a great place there to uh, advertise yourself. Um, let us know what you're doing. Let other people know what you're doing. So, yeah, if you're interested, this space for rent. Space for rent. Send and remember,
0: that. we like money, and we require lots of it to live as we see fit.
1: That's right. Well, you require lots. <laughs> we a lot of we have an addiction you- to food and shelter. We can't kick. So um, send us an email, send us an email at pizza, pop culture at gmail.com. If you're interested in uh, an ad,
2: have you um, seen the new star Trek cartoon? I've seen, lower decks. No, I have seen, um, previews of it. I've seen still images from it and I couldn't care less to be honest
0: with you. I mean, it's, it's by the guys that do, that do Rick and Morty and it's, but the thing is that really rubs me the wrong way. It's supposed to be canon. So any, any serious tre- Trekkies would have to watch the original series, Next Generation, all the movies, and then watch this comedy by Rick and Morty guys.
2: And Deep Space Nine and Voyager. and, and,
0: and Exactly.
2: So you've got to watch 617 episodes of Rick Berman's Star Trek, four Rick Berman Star Trek movies, and the 79 original series shows, and the six original series movies to understand that, And then... And, oh, that's yeah. And then, and then
0: to watch a comedy, then to watch the comedy. But the thing is, this, this is all just blowback from uh, Secret Hideout and uh, and 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 the old, and Bad Robot. This is all their idea.
1: Wait, well, Bad Robot? Isn't that that J.J. Uh,
0: Abrams?
1: J.J. Abrams, dude. Oh boy. Yep.
0: Yeah. I don't know how much he's got to do with uh, Star Trek nowadays, but it's 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 his boy uh, over at Kurtzman. Secret Hideout.
2: Alex Kurtzman.
0: Alex Kurtzman, yeah, but he's he's an import from JJ and I'm not a fan. I no, am not a you, fan of
1: JJ. Have you watched any of the um you've obviously watched some of the trailers and stuff for it. What do you think? Oh, who me? Yeah,
0: yeah, no I, 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 I think that that all of what uh, what what JJ Trek has done is basically just gone completely in the wrong direction. it 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 it, it forgot what it was. It forgot what Star Trek was supposed to be. And it just kind of turned everything into dumb action movies. And that's, yeah. that's not the message that, that was there originally. And that's not what makes Star Trek, Star Trek.
2: The no. Star Trek 2009 movie was fun at the time. It was like this, you know, hypercharged look at the original sh- series. And I think the casting was great. I, I hold nothing against the actors. Mm. But that said, not only has that movie not aged well at all, it's borderline obnoxious now. The sequels were downright awful. You're right, it's not Star Trek. And all they do is they, they seem to, they hit on idiosyncrasies of the characters and turn that into their basic personality trait. And that's who they are. They're, they're these one note people mm-hmm. who keep playing the same note over and over again. And it doesn't work. And That's pretty much a JJ
0: movie right there, is, is With Star Trek and Star Wars, it was just, here, it's a character trait we're gonna just beat into the ground. Yes. And I think he misses the point of whatever he does.
1: I'm going to go out on a limb here guys and ask, you know, what do you, what if you were making the cartoon, tell me what you would make. What would it what would the vision be? What would it look like when you're watching it?
0: You want to go first? Oh, I certainly wouldn't I would certainly wouldn't go with uh, Rick and Morty. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with Rick, with Rick and Morty. I love that show. It's it's absolutely brilliant. I, but I think it the the wacky the wackiness of it is not is not for for Star Trek. I think if I was going to do a Star Trek cartoon, I would have gone the other direction. I would have made it uh, I would have made it much more serious. You know, like, but,
1: the, like the Saturday the, morning the, version that they did,
0: like the Saturday morning version, or like Clone Wars just ended. Over uh, Dave Filoni uh, just wrapped up Clone Wars over on Disney Plus, and that that was a serious show from the get go. I think I, I think Star Trek should have been done as a serious show.
2: Right. Well, I think that what you have there, Dave Filoni is a lifelong Star Wars fan, and he understands and respects what George Lucas accomplished in that original trilogy and took that tone into what they did with the Clone Wars. What you have with J.J. Abrams is a guy who doesn't understand Star Trek one bit, didn't watch any Star Trek until he had to, and... um decided that he was gonna make his own version of whatever he gleaned from what he watched. That original animated series from the 70s was treated as season four of the original Star Trek. You had the writers writing scripts for that show. You had the original voice talent coming back to reenact their characters. So it was handled as a continuation of what was taken from them by the network at the time. That's why um, I, I don't think this is going to work. I mean, they're just—they're just doing a spoof. I think or, I don't know what they're trying to accomplish. But if I was to do it, Alan, to answer your question, I would do it exactly as they did it in 1973 with the animated series.
1: See, my thing is, I was never a fan of the Saturday morning cartoon, but I watched it. I—I I like cartoons, but. I didn't like the that they turned Star Trek into car, into a cartoon because to me at the time as as a kid my thinking was well they're just trying to turn it into something less than what it is. I feel the same way about this cartoon now. They're turning something that's as you say Pete something that's really should be canon it's it's like you just don't mess with certain universes and here they're trying to make it into a cartoon why what's the purpose what purpose does it serve i I don't i didn't like that then and i that's how i feel about it now that's short-sighted and it's not very creative but i like seeing the characters in real life because star trek to me was about real life in outer space i I don't i
2: the the star trek animated series from the 70s uh kind of served its purpose because it was the only place they could go at the time to to keep those stories moving forward they're very good stories. A couple, a couple of them are just as good as any live action episode. And they were probably scripts from live action episodes that were never produced that were altered um, into the half hour cartoon show. The animation was cheap. It was uh, very low budget, you know, that kind of thing. It did, it did look pretty bad, um, but they're really good stories. And And I would if you're going to, for whatever reason, make a Star Trek cartoon, I don't know why we even need one, but. I would exactly. continue that philosophy. But the idea, you're right, Alan, an animated series now in 2020, why? What is the
1: point? I mean, does it bring in a new audience? I don't know. And I just wanted to – I've not ever been um, a, a Rick and Morty fan, but didn't Rick and Morty go on hiatus or something like that a few months ago? No, there's, there's, there's been long gaps
0: between seasons. Oh, it's yeah it's it's not so much a, a hiatus per se of like okay we we need to take a rest it's just they do one one big season and then stop and then start writing a new one and it, it's 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 been spaces between
1: seasons but correct me if i'm wrong pete isn't a new season like just coming out i thought i saw an ad for it someplace like a week ago that started they did, in uh, May...
0: they did the, the the first half of season four and then now they're doing the second half of season four
1: gotcha thank you sir
0: no, and, and and they wind up spoofing everything from you know from aliens to back to the future, which is where the whole show started off is a back to the future spoof. I wouldn't be surprised that there's some Indiana Jones references in there somewhere, but uh they manage they manage to tackle and deconstruct just about every facet of pop culture. I highly recommend it.
2: Yeah, it's um it's it's definitely strange and I like strange. But I think the problem with Star Trek is that they're they're in the wrong hands. And unfortunately, CBS is stuck with Bad Robot for another. Uh, is it two or three more years on this contract? I don't know. But um, oh, wow. R- rumors this week surfaced um, that Netflix might be trying to purchase CBS. There are tens of billions of dollars in debt and it's insurmountable debt. So the idea is that Sherry Redstone might be selling. So just selling it off and walking away. Oh, that would be a plus. And that would void the contract with bad reboot, as I call them, and Jar uh, <laughs> Jar. That is great, bad reboot and Jar bad Jar reboot. reboot. <laughs> yeah, great. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's bad enough what he did to Star Trek, but he also, in my opinion, just took a beating. That he bludgeoned Star Wars into pulverized it into something unrecognizable. So, um, yeah, the guy can just just piss off, as far as I'm concerned. I I don't understand. Where he has gotten this reputation as like the next Steven Spielberg. I've seen nothing from him. Yes, the movies are pretty to look at, but he can't tell a story. He happens to tell the same story over and over a lot using his same tricks and tropes. The lens flare thing. I, I, he's just
1: exhausting to me. Yeah, don't tell the story. He's Ed Wood with money. <laughs> and lens lighting techniques, yeah. When the movies look like that, it's no fun to watch. When, when, every, when you see it, and you know, here's J.J. Abrams, and you know you're going to see that same style and that same look. It's not any fun to watch, especially if the story is bad. It's not told well. Any, any story can be bad or good. It's just the way in which you tell it.
3: And you know, I, I just, don't
2: know. That Rise of Skywalker, um, they put it on Disney Plus last week, and I gave it another shot, and I couldn't finish it. It is okay. so bad. And the stakes in it are taken taken down so i mean it's just i can't even articulate when you keep killing characters and bringing them back to life three minutes later because just doesn't matter not not to mention the fact that it played out like a video game with finding macguffins with these strange people that show up to help them and disappear again to get to the next level to get to the the whole thing was just a, a smashed together mess And I this coming back to life thing. He's been doing this. How many movies has he done this Um, blood and coming back to life? And Alex Kurtzman and Robert Orsi, all these guys They keep
1: David Damon Lindelof, they keep sharing this same idea. Yeah. Yeah. That ending, that ending of that movie was almost as bad as the ending of episode quote unquote episode three when Darth Vader was born. And I'll never I will (laughs) never forget. Did I talk about this last time? No. Yeah did i talk about that that was just ridiculous it was like he's sitting in a plastic chair i really looked around the theater i looked around the theater and i thought is this is this a joke did they like stop the film and cut something else in i really honest and forgot god thought that's what happened i just couldn't believe that
2: one that was yes you can't blame jj for that one that was george lucas
1: that i don't care who it was that was just awful (laughs) <laughs> but they both have a similar ending. It's like, you got to be kidding me. How can, how can somebody's got to really finally die of all the people that died they kill Han Solo?
2: Yeah, well, that's because Harrison Ford's been asking for that for how many movies now?
1: Right, but still, that's like Leonard Nimoy. They killed him off and he came back to life.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, same thing. He thought, uh, I think in Leonard Nimoy's case, he didn't like the way Spock was handled in Star Trek the motion picture and assumed that it would probably be torture to go through the Rathacon again. So he wanted them to kill him, and then they did. And then the movie was great and a big hit. And Spock was handled really well. And he just said, "Oh, I'll come back if you want me to." And then he thanks for painting us into the corner, Lenny. Yeah. Now we got to make a really crappy sequel just to bring you back. Speaking of crappy sequels, <laughs>
1: they,
0: uh, they, this. You mentioned Harrison Ford earlier, and you know, and I, th- I think we can all agree he was a little too old to be tackling Han Solo again. He's gonna be. Uh, tackling Indiana Jones again?
2: Is he They're, really they, in it?
0: Yeah, sure. apparently that is the plan that they are going to do an Indiana Jones five, mm-hmm. and Harrison not- Ford is going to be in it. I mean, he 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 was he was I think way too old to be playing Han Solo, and there's no way in creation he should be playing Indiana Jones.
2: No, he's like in seven, a fifth seven. movie.
0: He was too old for for number four, and that was what ten years
2: ago? 12. Yeah. twelve years ago. Yeah, yeah. I think he's like seventy-seven now.
0: God bless him if he wants to do it, but. But for my money, they should have just done Indiana Jones 1, 2, and 3 and stopped well, it there. Unless yeah. they're going to kind of
2: use him in the same role they used Sean Connery where he's got a son now or a protege. And-
0: well, that
1: wouldn't be unreasonable to think because, you know. He's,
2: he's, well, I think that's what they were trying
0: to do with, uh, a little with bit Shia of a LaBeouf, little. but uh, he had his little breakdown. Shia well, LaBeouf. He is, he's not coming back. I think they going back cast
2: it and reboot it and use Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt would be. I wouldn't mind
0: seeing that.
1: That's a good idea.
2: I saw that first Jurassic World and there was a scene where she comes out to see him. at his trailer there. And he just had the Indiana Jones thing going. I'm like, this guy could be Indiana Jones. Chris Pine is really good. Yeah. No, not Chris Pine. Chris Pratt.
1: Oh, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Sorry. Yeah. That well Chris amazing. Pine's not that bad
0: either. I think he could pull it off. I think he he played a Harrison Ford character. He didn't he play Jack Ryan in one of those That's and, true. and yeah,
1: you're right. He did. Thank just, you for saving yeah. my bacon, Pete. Appreciate that.
2: You're welcome. Everybody gets those Chris's all those, how many four of them? Chris Pine, Chris Pratt, Chris Hemsworth, and Chris Evans. Yeah. Did you
1: see that as a rumor, Keith? Chris Pratt? No. Chris I- no, Chris I Pratt didn't... has been rumored to take over the role of Indiana Jones in an upcoming reboot of the franchise. No, but yeah. Harrison Ford set the record straight. I'm Indiana Jones. When I'm gone, he's gone. It's easy. That's what he said. Oh, I guess Harrison Ford loves that character,
2: much unlike his Han Solo love. He hates the Han Solo character. But um, no, I just, when I like I said, I saw him in the Jurassic World and said, this guy could do Indiana Jones. Oh. He kind of reminded me of young Harrison Ford. And, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark is my favorite movie of all time, yeah. to this day. And I, yeah. I mentioned on one of our earlier episodes, it played at the Center Cinema in Wallingford every, all summer, the, the 81. 99 cents. And I went 14 weeks in a row.
0: Oh, and I'd already geez. seen it
2: two or three times before that.
0: <laughs> so, wow. 14
1: weeks in a row. Yeah. I was counting. Wow. Yeah, I loved it every Saturday. That's like Star Trek, uh, Star Wars, when it first came out. I told you guys it played fifty-four weeks in a row right. in both theaters at the theater that I saw it in when I lived in Delaware. That's a year and two weeks. Yeah, for those of you who don't know math, like me.
2: So yeah, um, I, I don't know what they could possibly do with Harrison Ford at 77 in an Indiana Jones movie i mean clearly it'll be all stunt or stuntmen work but it'll be ludicrous to even try to wrap your head around the suspension of disbelief that a 77 year old guy is jumping on trucks and
1: well you know (laughs) yeah you know the problem my thinking keith is that what i see on the screen if it's convincing enough i'm willing to suspend disbelief and believe it i i'm willing to go with the storytellers having said that have you seen picard oh it's terrible i I mean aside from it's terrible i can't i can't look at patrick stewart i think he's gonna like crumble in half break or something he looks so frail i i can't take him as a serious astronaut of any kind
2: and seriously did the, the producers because <laughs> they butchered his character um i only got through five of them i was insulted and you're yeah. right i i don't know what happened to him like i know he's gonna turn 80 but a couple of years ago he seemed still kind of Buff. rugged and tough. Right. and yeah he looks very feeble in this and it's kind of alarming and i i just i don't see how i know they've announced a season two i'm not holding my breath that there'll ever be a season two and again, with the here we go with the bad robot. Kill him and bring him back to life in three minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, you know, the,
0: the, the big emotional goodbye. And, oh, my God, they've actually killed Captain Picard. And, oh, he's a robot. Spoilers.
1: Wait a minute. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen it. Yet. Well, sorry. We're going to spoil it for you. Oh, yeah. You, you, you brought it up. <laughs> yeah.
2: They, they put I mean, it I've in seen an it, android but body. haven't seen the it. But, you know, again, if you're going to put him in an android body, realistically, you'd put him in a young body you wouldn't put him in the same body he just died in 80 year old feeble it just it, yeah it was well, it's lazy freaking lazy that's what it is but indiana jones that's interesting
0: yeah, yeah it's it's even spielberg dropped out of it even he's even he's over the fact that yeah you know i don't think we should be doing indiana jones in, in his 80s well i spielberg didn't want to do the
2: fourth one from what i heard and he just kind of got beaten down and gave up and said, fine, I'll do it. It was all Lucas that wanted to do that.
0: Yeah, they also, uh, I forget where I've heard this, but I'm pretty sure I've heard this. And if somebody knows for a fact that I'm wrong, please correct me. But apparently they, uh, they had a script. Frank Darabont had a script. Then they, they showed it to Harrison and he said, oh yeah, that, that, that's, that's a great idea. They showed it to Spielberg and Spielberg said, it was a great idea. Showed it to George and George says, you know what, I think I'm going to rewrite this myself after they were already signed on.
1: I believe
2: it. Yeah, the, that movie was so, it was off in tone, right from the get go, it felt wrong. Everything about it felt wrong. And, mm-hmm. you know, as it progressed through the film and you end up finding out that it's aliens and, and there's a big spaceship buried in the ground. It just, I, I was so sad because I had waited my whole life for another Indiana Jones film, went the opening night. And uh, aside from the buzz in the theater, because they shot a lot of it here in Connecticut, and everybody's excited to see New Haven all over the movie. That was, it was so depressing. <laughs> right. The fact that they did use aliens actually doesn't bother me,
0: because if you look at the, the pulp magazines of the 30s and the 40s, when the first, mov- when the first three take place, the bad guys are Nazis. Right, but when you finally moved all your your pulp magazines to the '50s, which is when the fourth one took place, it, it was all it was all communism and aliens were the the, the allegory for the aliens. So right. it kind of makes sense that they actually moved it up from from Germans to the Soviet Union and aliens. Uh, I, so that actually yeah. doesn't bother
2: me. The Soviet Union, I get it was Pardon? the way the aliens were handled and introduced, in, and I think that bothered me. Everything
1: was yeah. a little. Everything was a little bit. It seemed everything was like drawn out bigger, you know, spending too much. And I, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like a party pooper or anything like that, because I think we're all guilty when we, when we make stuff, all of us here make our cr- creators of content, you know, Janice Kaminsky, the, the cinematographer of that Saving Private Ryan, right. Beautiful movie. He comes along and, and, um, and he's making, crystal skull and he wants to put himself in there and everything that he does is big and grand and long shots and depth and that's not what raiders of the lost ark is indiana jones is always just like let me get going let me get going let me get going
2: yeah the other part of the problem is they shot the whole movie in front of a green screen and it's clearly obvious those jungle scenes where they're ridiculously sword fighting on top of the monkeys and the it looked so fake it was it was beyond fake Um, yeah just the whole thing you can tell it was shot on a green screen it looked cartoony it looked the original went to those locations they went out into the jungles they went into the deserts they shot the thing on location and it feels that way yeah i just think um i don't know i don't know i don't know what happened with the crystal skull and i don't even want to guess it it's just sad in so many ways
1: all right as we end out end out this segment Guys, what what's your prediction for um number 5? What do you think? Um
2: I would like to see Harrison Ford used as a not as, as goofy as Sean Connery, but in that same kind of role and hand it off to somebody like Chris Pratt as his new understudy. Yeah. If you're going to do it at all, I would honestly I'd say don't don't even do it, but Disney owns then it. He's going to make money with it, so.
0: That's exactly where I'm going with it is that I I think it's entirely unnecessary and I wouldn't mind seeing a reboot just he it's it's chris pratt it's chris pine whatever just you know they do they do it with james bond they do it with doctor who i can get used to it you know it's it's you know do do a reboot do a continuation whatever but just please don't
1: don't put Harrison important in this one yeah don't ruin a a good thing make it evolve let it evolve it can grow all right guys thanks so much i think we're out of time for this segment we're going to take a break and uh we'll come back and close out the show And we are back, pizza and pop culture, talking with Edson Gomes, Pete Bradley, and Keith Larson. Great discussion on, uh, on comic books and the comic book industry. Um, we're going to take it in another dir- direction shortly, but just a couple of reminders, everybody. Please follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, our website is pizzapopculture.com. Make sure you check that little button up there to uh, let us know that you're listening, paying attention, give us some feedback. Um, One other thing to to point out is that um, uh, we are always in the mood for pizza and calzones and sandwiches at Eastside Pizza right here in downtown Wallingford, Connecticut. Now, right now, guys, we are doing our podcast virtually. I am virtually sitting in my virtual chair, virtually talking with these handsome gentlemen, which I virtual can see people. and you can't, what? <laughs> We're virtual people. The virtual people take a visit. They're they're accepting. Uh, you know, right now with the with the apocalypse upon us, um, they are accepting takeout orders and they do delivery. So, um, yeah. And if you're if you are interested in advertising on our podcast, we would love it if you did that. Please send us an email, um, connect with us in some way, and we would. Uh, you know, figure some stuff out.
2: You know, the virtual people would be a great name for a band that we should start when we're done with this podcast. Sure, I play the accordion, sort of. And if anybody wants to virtually grab a small sausage pizza at Eastside and drive it up here a couple towns away, uh, just drop a line. Because I I miss Eastside pizza. I need to eat it soon. So, um, yeah, I guess um, we're going to say goodnight here. Um, I just want to let everybody know too that I will be recording a show uh, with the Planet Comics guys next week. I'm going on their—they're uh, doing a movie show. I forgot what the title of it is, but um, they asked me as the guest to pick a movie, and I picked Star Trek: The Motion Picture and why it's great. So um, I'm looking forward to doing that.
1: Very cool. Okay, before we go, let's go around one quick time. Edson, what are you recommending? What are you watching? What are you liking that we should all check out?
3: Um. Well, this main, it's not a new thing, but I know it just, it was just coming out with a sequel when this whole thing hit. Uh, everyone here or watch A Quiet Place, the movie, um, which was, um, I thought was the, one of the best theatrical experiences I've had. And they were just, we're just coming out with a quiet place 2 another one that they that this whole thing ruined for me. I'm not sure when it's going to be out now. Now but um, I would i would go I would go back and rewatch the first one and, and waiting for that one. Edson
1: look at me. I've never seen
3: it. Oh, okay. I have never seen it. Uh,
1: I got to highly I, recommend
3: I, it. it. Bye.
1: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Maybe I'm wrong. Is it The Quiet Place is that the one that was the movie where they the family was in the cabin and the monster? Or is, are we talking about that other one where the woman's in the boat? It's, no, that's were... Bird Box. Oh, no. I've seen A Quiet Place. I've seen a, okay. a Quiet Place. Never mind. I'm sorry, Edson. Forgive me for looking at my face. September
2: 4th, Edson on Quiet Place 2.
3: Oh, okay.
1: Great. <laughs> Pete, what about you? What are you watching? Well, I, as, I am
2: a huge Godzilla
0: fan, and I cannot recommend enough one of the latest ones called Shin Godzilla, which is, if I try to describe it, it's not going to help because it's basically Japanese bureaucracy, the movie, yep. <laughs> but, uh, but it's, it's incredibly topical considering how, uh, how certain things have been handled and how just how other things have just completely blown up in our faces, and it's all under the guise of a giant monster movie, and it's got incredibly wonderful effects, and I simply
2: cannot recommend Shin Godzilla enough Or by its American name, (laughs) Shin-Covid.
1: Shin-Covid.
2: I'm going to recommend this. It's an animated series called The Spectacular Spider-Man. And it was produced out of Canada uh, a couple years back. And then ultimately Disney turned it into an animated series called The Ultimate Spider-Man and just wrecked it. Um, And I saw there's petitions going around on social media to bring Spectacular Spider-Man back. This is probably the most accurate portrayal of Spider-Man in media ever. Wow. Like the movies, forget all the other animated shows. It's this one nails it. It's great. And there's about, is
0: that the one where he's in, he's in high school. Yes. Okay. This- I think I have seen this one. Yeah. He
2: nails it. Cool. And uh, so if you can get out there and find it, it's on Blu-ray and um, I know they have a DVD they have the whole series is four discs. It's two seasons. It's absolutely well spectacular. And that's my recommendation.
1: I um I- I'm. Watching something that is uh, old, but for me, it's just something I, I love to watch. On Hulu, I'm, I'm checking out MASH. I'm watching MASH again from episode one. Every, every episode, um, there's like, I don't know, 300 episodes. Now, for a long time, MASH was one of the longest-running television shows. Um, but it's only 11 seasons. And nowadays, I mean, even shows like Supernatural and, of course, The Simpsons, Family Guy, those are gone long, much longer than 11 seasons. That's what I'm watching. I'm listening to MASH. I'm watching MASH, rather. Sorry. Awesome. So, we're good. Yeah. Guys, pizza and pop culture episode four in the bag, motherfucker. <laughs> in the bag. In the can. I can never get enough of you doing that, Alan. I'm sorry. I, I We might have to strip that out because it's a PG with oh, my God. hentai. That's explicit. Oh, okay. That's I checked the explicit box. Check you checked the, the explicit box. just for me. Exactly. Nobody else has said a single Actually, swear. Yeah. No one except for me.
3: I'm just getting That's started. Right. do Gosh, worry. it.
1: Gosh, <laughs> booger snots. <I have> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much. Remember, pizza pop culture at gmail.com. Check it out. Check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Facebook. Um, please listen to of Comics, Ghosts of the Stratosphere, the 430 movie Inglorious Glorious Trexperts, the best movies never made. These are some great podcasts. Check it out. We'll see you next time. They killed the giggler, man. They killed the giggler. They yeah, had no business doing that. Good. I'm funny how it'd be mean, funny like a